Welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show with Dr. Mystery and Donna Lee. Hello and welcome to the Armor Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, board-certified urologist, joined by my co-host, board-certified comedian, Mm, Donna Lee. That's right. Welcome, everybody. I am a professional comedian, and you should find me somewhere on Google. Well, thank you so much for not calling yourself a doctor again. I I am Dr. Donna. Welcome to my show. We are getting uh, too many complaints uh, about your- Texas Medical Board calls? Luckily, luckily (laughs) I don't think they're paying attention. Uh, Thank God. They are not one of our four listeners. No, that's not. That's true. (laughs) We might have one of our four <laughs> listeners here though we guess. had we have uh, excellent excellent listeners we, we love our feedback thank you so much for sending us your questions uh it really kind of inspires us to continue this show and and keep going i'm a board certified urologist this show is brought to you by nau urology specialist that's the urology practice that i started in 2007 we are blowing and growing and doing excellent excellent work as a holistic <laughs> you know nipples to knees urology practice we're, we're blowing and growing and, and we're building our practice so, <laughs> that's just us oh. uh donna how do people get a hold of us <laughs> you can call us at 512-238-0762 our website's armormenshealth.com and check out our podcast where we listen to those free podcasts we are so grateful to have a guest today dr Pyman gafori with texas cancer institute Dr. Gafori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you are a special kind of cancer doctor. You are a radiation oncologist. Could you tell our listeners what a radiation oncologist is different from a medical oncologist? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. So a radiation oncologist specializes in treating cancer patients, but only in delivering radiation therapy. So a Any cancer? uh, Any kind of cancer. Okay. Yeah, depending on the indication. But a typical, you know, cancer patient may need surgery. So -hmm. they'd have a surgeon or a surgical oncologist. They might need drug therapy, immunotherapy, chemotherapy. Any kinds of those drug treatments or what we call systemic treatments are delivered by a medical oncologist. Mm -hmm. And then all things related to radiation is a radiation oncologist. Now, radiation is like a general term, but we can give radiation in a variety of different ways, right? Why don't you uh, like describe some different ways that radiation can be delivered uh, for cancer treatment? The most important thing to know that every single time somebody gets radiation with us, they pick up a new superpower. Oh, oh boy. Nice. That's a positive way to look at it. Yeah. It might be like an extra <laughs> limb. <laughs> or a penis? Or possibly oh. an extra penis. No. That'd be cool. No, they don't. I mean, that. depends on what you like. I barely get to use the one I have. <laughs> We can fix that. <laughs> How? <laughs> what kind of place the, do you running there? The superpower gig. <laughs> the superpower thing, that's right. No. Tell us more the about Hulk. the superpower. Kind of like the Hulk. Turn so green and you get a big penis. <laughs> all joking aside, radiation therapy can be delivered in a few different ways, like Dr. Mystery said. And broadly speaking, you can classify it as external beam radiation, which is delivered from a machine, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like uh, an x-ray machine, but it's delivering focused, high-energy beams to treat cancer rather than doing like a diagnostic image. That's called external beam radiation when it's coming from a machine. There's uh, brachytherapy, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a form of radiation treatment where you deliver the radiation directly to the target by a needle or like a procedure. You implant a radioactive source. So the radiation is coming from a radioactive seed or a implant that delivers and dissip- that uh, that source dissipates within the tissue and delivers the radiation on site basically that can be very useful uh, in certain scenarios where 
the target is accessible, even prostate cancer sometimes is treated with brachytherapy or some gynecologic cancers, and it's very, very focused radiation. With external beam radiation, uh, which is probably the most common application of how radiation therapy is used, there is also something called stereotactic radiosurgery, mm-hmm. or SRS, or stereotactic body radiation therapy, SBRT, and the new modern name for that is called SABER, stereotactic ablative radiation therapy. So the idea there is that instead of getting like a traditional course of radiation for like eight or nine weeks where you Mm -hmm. get daily treatments Monday through Friday, once a day, you can deliver the entire treatment course in just a few sessions. So it's quicker. It's quicker. And and you're using different technology to deliver very, very conformal, highly focused beams of radiation so you can deliver higher doses per treatment. When people Hmm. think about radiation therapy, like kind of the, this idea that you're like aiming a ray gun and then the thing disappears that, but that's not really true. Explain how does radiation actually kill cancer? Uh, that's a great question because a lot of our patients or generally the, everyone thinks about radiation as you know, kind of a zapping or a frying of the tumor or some kind of ablative treatment like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and most of the time, radiation doesn't function that way. It's really fundamentally an anti-cancer treatment, very similar to something like chemotherapy. And what I mean by that is when you treat a tumor with radiation, the most common mechanisms for killing that cancer cell is things like inducing apoptosis, which is a form of programmed cell death uh, within these tumor cells, or causing damage to the DNA within the tumor cells and then rendering the cell unable to divide, kind of killing it off. Mm-hmm. So and cancer cells are just a little bit more susceptible than normal cells to this radiation type damage. So that's why cancer dies a little bit more than normal cells would if you if you get shoot it with radiation, oh. is that right? Precisely, yeah. So, so cancer cells like don't have the ability to regulate themselves and mm-hmm. control their growth. And they can't repair that damage from the radiation as well as normal cells, which and, can repair it. And for Got treatment, it. we really rely on that quite a bit when it comes to cancer. I mean, chemotherapy is giving you a poison that just kills the cancer quicker than it kills you <laughs> because the cancer itself has, mm-hmm. has trouble with its, uh, you know, because it has to grow uh, very rapidly. So um, in terms of uh, cancers that uh, do well with radiation, uh, obviously in our arena, we have a lots of prostate cancer patients that are going to undergo radiation therapy. Why don't you give us some considerations of what patients seem to do the best with radiation therapy for their prostate cancer? Yeah, sure. I, so, you know, the, the history of prostate cancer treatment in general really depends on the risk of the cancer. That's the most important aspect of evaluating who is a good candidate for a certain type of treatment, including radiation therapy. So generally, uh, patients that may benefit from radiation therapy are those that have a type of higher, higher risk cancer um, that may need to be treated as, as an additional treatment beyond, say, systemic treatment, drug therapy, or surgery. So patients with higher risk cancers that have surgery or other treatments and then have an additional indication because radiation therapy can reduce the risk of recurrence. That's one common scenario for using radiation therapy because it can be used as an adjunct to surgery to help reduce the risk of recurrence after surgery. And that's something that a lot of patients uh, maybe who have experienced breast cancer kind of understand is that after removal of the primary tumor, sometimes chemotherapy and radiation would be uh, included, or maybe colon cancer would be in another example where 
you would do surgery first and then maybe need radiation. And sometimes we do that in prostate cancer. If you have a very high-risk prostate cancer or you have uh, the cancer already having left the margins, uh, then that would be an indication for where radiation would play a role. Is that right? That's a perfect analogy, actually. In something like rectal cancer or breast cancer, where surgery is considered the primary or definitive treatment, but you can't address the entire risk of the cancer with one treatment modality alone. And so you need that for risk reduction for recurrence. Mm -hmm. The other setting might be in radiation therapy for prostate, for example, is that sometimes a patient may not be a great candidate for surgery, maybe because of age or other illnesses, in which case primary radiation can also be used to treat the cancer uh, as an alternative in some of those patients that may not be ideal candidates for surgery. And, you know, when, when we're discussing treatment options with patients, a lot of times it's a risk-reward kind of conversation because although I love to operate, the, the potential side effects of a prostate cancer removal, which can include incontinence and impotence, they don't, you know, jive with a lot of different patients' view of their lifestyle as they get older. And radiation has a different set of, of types of complications. What complications do you cite as kind of the primary ones when somebody's getting radiation therapy for prostate cancer? Yeah, that's, that's a great topic to discuss because there are pros and cons to every single treatment, um, including radiation therapy. And I think some of the benefits of radiation therapy, that approach is that it's a non-invasive treatment. And so you can treat the cancer without you know, some of those risks involved in a more invasive uh, procedure. But the, the side effects of radiation really relate to the inflammatory effects that radiation can cause. Um, so any organ that's nearby can be affected by radiation. That includes the bladder the GI system, the rectum, uh, as well as uh, the sexual function, the nerves, or the penile bulb. And so some of the potential effects of radiation could be decreased sexual function, which of course is a possibility with any treatment, unfortunately. Radiation proctitis or inflammation in the rectum would generally tends to heal or urinary irritation or bladder symptoms. Well, Dr. Kufuri, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're going to take a small break and we're going to talk about uh, the latest kind of revolution and improvements in radiation therapy that our patients can expect. How do people get a hold of you? You can call us at our practice, Texas Cancer Institute, 512-518-HOPE or 512-518-4673. Um, and always feel free to visit our website. It's www.texcancerinstitute.com. All right, we're going to be right back. Hello, and welcome to the Armour Men's Health Show. This is Dr. Mystery, your host, joined always by my wonderful and lovely co-host, Donna Lee. Hey, welcome to the show. I think if they're a regular listener, back in the days, you used to be very insulting, and you're very nice now. Thank you. Well, I'm getting older. Oh. And you're getting meaner. Oh, that's true. I have retaliation <laughs> skills now. <laughs> this is a men's health show. I am a board-certified urologist, and this show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists, where we would love to see you as a patient, either as a primary or second opinion, especially for those of you that have been diagnosed with prostate cancer and have been given certain advice on treatments, whether that be no treatment, surgery, radiation. We offer high-intensity focused ultrasound. We offer nano knife. We offer a number of cutting-edge treatments for your prostate cancer that are really oriented to save your lifestyle while saving your life. Donna, how do people make appointments with us if they want to see us as a second opinion for their prostate cancer diagnosis? That was a nice soundbite, by the way. We should use that. Very good, Dr. Mystery. You can reach out to us at 512-238-0762. Our website with our shining, smiling faces is armormenshealth.com. And we're located in Round Rock, North Austin, South Austin, and Dripping Springs, Texas. You know, with an aging population, we are seeing more and more prostate cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a team approach when it comes to 
prostate cancer management. And one of those teammates is joining us today, Dr. Paiman Gafori with Texas Cancer Institute, a radiation oncologist. Dr. Gafori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So when it comes to radiation therapy, which has been around for many, many, many years, what are some of the technological advancements that patients can look for uh, when it comes to their radiation therapy options? Well, I think one of the game changers certainly in the last 10 to 15 years has been the application of SBRT or SABR, which is the stereotactic approach to treating prostate cancer. And really that means is you're using these highly focused technologies like CyberKnife that, you know, originally decades ago was developed for treating you know, very intricate tumors in the brain or spine. Mm -hmm. And that technology has been expanded to be applied to many other types of cancers, including prostate cancer. So mm -hmm. so is SBRT a different machine than uh, the standard external beam radiation therapy? Well, SBRT is the name really of the treatment modality or the, the type of radiation that's being delivered, but it can be delivered by different types of machines. So if you had your own Sabre clinic, would you call it Tooth Tiger? And there would be... <laughs> Saber tooth tiger. Saber tooth Sorry. tiger. I've been waiting for like twelve minutes to say that. Yeah, oh, that my would be great. <laughs> hey, oh my god! He fits goodness. right in. Okay, oh my sorry. Goodness. Continue. <laughs> so, um, so uh, you know, maybe you could just give me your thoughts, and I'm just gonna uh, kind of share my thoughts on these things. Uh, uh, there are some big fancy cancer players in the in the world, like MD Anderson, that have a big fancy neon green machine called the proton therapy. And I've told patients over time that I feel like there's really a little to no difference between proton therapy and standard external beam or, or SBRT therapy. What kind of advice do you give those patients that are coming to you that want to be dazzled by the green machine? Uh, yeah, that's great because a lot of people ask about it. And, you know, there's some controversy surrounding that based on, well, if you're a practitioner that uses protons, maybe, or a practitioner that uses other things. But really, so far, the clinical data is pretty clear that there really is no superiority or inferiority of either treatment modality. Mm -hmm. So clinically, protons and photons, uh, which is the particle that's most commonly used, is, is really the same uh, outcomes from in terms of oncology. And the idea that the normal tissues are, are more spared with protons and they have better outcomes, it just really hasn't been shown in prostate cancer. Uh, I think a lot of that marketing also makes patients believe that it's somehow more tailored or more uh, more focused. But really, the image guidance that's used in uh, proton therapy and standard photon therapy is identical, right? Well, actually, uh, the, the way that protons are delivered, they are accelerated in these very, very large uh, kind of uh, accelerators, which is, which is very different than photons, which are generated in a small accelerator. For example, the CyberKnife is the extreme innovation where they actually put the accelerator, which generates the particles, on a robot. And so you can deliver that from hundreds of different angles. Actually, the proton beam is a little bit more limited and cumbersome in those geometric uh, and imaging capabilities. So when we say pros and cons, that's an area where photon therapy is much more advanced in image guidance. And because so, you have more leeway in how the, uh, how the energy can actually be delivered in what kind of directions. Exactly. exactly. Because that huge linear accelerator they had to dig uh, in downtown uh, Houston uh, to be able to build that MD Anderson uh, linear accelerator, which was 20 years ago. That's what I also tell patients. That machine is 20 years old when, you know, Dr. Gufuri's machines are going to be a little bit more modern and, and, and potentially uh, a little bit more able to kind of focus on, on where your disease is. Now, when it comes to uh, other kinds of uh, techniques, 
when it comes to minimizing uh, side effects. There are several things that we've introduced in the last several years to reduce side effects, uh, including uh, a spacer uh, and, and gold seeds. Maybe you could speak to us a little bit about how uh, we're trying to reduce the side effects of radiation for prostate cancer. Yeah, sure. And that's that's a, a testament to what you described before in the multidisciplinary approach to uh, treating, you know, this prostate cancer uh, and others optimally. So we work with our urology colleagues uh, in getting these patients prepared for radiation therapy in a very specific way. One is the fiducial markers uh, that Dr. Mystery mentioned. These are tiny little uh, metallic markers that are implanted into the prostate, which allows us to localize the prostate each day before treatment very, very precisely down to the millimeter level. Mm. And so this is called IGRT or image guided radiation therapy, which is a major advancement in the field where each day before the treatment, that level of high precision localization takes place so that you know you're hitting the target very well each time. Mm. So what happens is when you're going to get radiation, we put these gold seeds in and then you, you do a CT scan, right? Yes. And then, and then a three-dimensional model is created of the prostate and in that three-dimensional model, you know where the seeds are in relationship to the capsule and different important structures. And then every day before you get radiation, an X-ray is taken, and then that X-ray is overlain with that 3D model so that you can precisely avoid the rectum and the bladder and important structures. Absolutely. You know yeah. what? I feel like Dr. Mystery could be the radiation <laughs> oncologist on this call. I was going to say, he sounds like he knows what's going on. That's I may funny. know this stuff. You're but stealing he can his speak thunder, to Dr. It Mystery. Much better. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I, mean, I think he is... can he can extract it from my brain much better. <laughs> and then, uh, but but that's not the only side effect. Hit, the radiation hitting uh, kind of those important structures. Explain what the the purpose of the spacer is. Yeah, the spacer has been a major advancement because one of the uh, side effects from radiation treatment is dose to the rectum, radiation proctitis, and generally discomfort and complications with the rectum. And this rectal spacer is a gel-like material that's placed by the urologist between the prostate and the rectum, and it creates some physical separation. Is that and the all taint? we need is just a few millimeters. It's through the taint. The that's taint. Correct. I see. Through the taint. Yeah. Okay. Let's use medical terms, Doctor Gafoy. <laughs> Well, high precision taint <laughs> is what we're going for, um, and and this this small amount of separation is really all we need to drastically reduce the amount of radiation collateral dose that goes to the rectum, uh, mm -hmm. because the rectum and the prostate are very close to each other mm -hmm. naturally, and so that has really reduced the GI or rectal side effects and symptoms that patients get when they get radiation therapy. So when it comes to radiation therapy, a lot of patients are kind of discouraged by the fact that standard radiation therapy can take up to nine weeks and SBRT is quicker. But uh, I guess, you know, as a skeptic a little bit myself, I'm a little worried that you're not getting something for nothing, you know, meaning that the, the, the quicker pace of therapy um, might lead to potentially more problems. M maybe you could speak to that. You know, what, what's the difference between a two-week treatment and a, and a, and a nine-week treatment in terms of what risk the patient may, may experience? Yeah, certainly. Uh, so when those clinical trials were designed, and I participated in some of those probably more than 15, 20 years ago now, uh, early on, they were really looking at what's the best way to treat prostate cancer from a cancer outcome. And so there is a lot of evidence in the literature that prostate cancer probably will respond better to high-dose radiation as compared with low-dose radiation when these over nine weeks. And so that concept is the reason for the development of these high-dose treatments. Now, the give and take is that typically with a more intensive treatment, sometimes the acute symptoms might be a little bit higher. And, and most commonly now with the rectal spacer in place, it's really not 
the GI or the rectal symptoms, it's the bladder symptoms. So patients may have more urinary symptoms, and there is evidence that shows that they may have temporarily uh, more urinary irritative symptoms, going to the urinate more frequently or irritation, burning, these kind of things. Generally, it's managed fairly well with anti-inflammatories, but the trade-off is that if you're treating the cancer better, you may have some short-term inflammatory symptoms that are more significant. And I think that, you know, I try to remind my patients constantly that that our first goal is to save your life. Uh, we want to make sure we maintain your lifestyle, but, but saving your life is a really important goal for us. And thank you so much, Dr. Gafuri, for being a partner of ours in helping treat our prostate cancer patients. If uh, someone wants to become a patient of yours or learn more about therapy, how do they get a hold of you? Please call us, uh, 512-518-HOPE or 512-518-4673. And always visit our website at www.texcancerinstitute.com. Thank you so much for joining us. And Donna, how do people get questions to us or meet us for an appointment? You can call us at 512-2380-762 or visit that website, armormenshealth.com. The Armor Men's Health Show is brought to you by NAU Urology Specialists. For questions or to schedule an appointment, please call 512-238-0762 or online at armormenshealth.com.